Welcome to the Fathom Academy podcast, a podcast designed for the people of Fathom Church to be resourced to go deeper with God. Uh, my name is Chris Martin, and I'm the lead pastor at Fathom. And I just wanted to welcome you and let you know that what we're doing today is a little mini series we're calling Meet the Staff. Uh, and we started this up last week again uh, as we got uh kind of a little background information about our friend Kyle Knight. Uh, And uh, really, the the next two weeks, we're going to be interviewing uh, our other two staff members, our two gals, uh, Whisper Today and uh, Amanda next week. Because in the last six months, all three of these guys are new staff members. Uh, And so we just, uh, and especially with COVID and quarantine and all that's been going on, we realized there are a lot of you who might know them in like their face, or you might have seen them on a screen at some point, but maybe you've not met them. And so uh, we want you to get to know them, to hear about them, and uh, hopefully hear some very weird and psychologically revealing details about their lives. Uh, That's really the goal behind this. So today joining us is Whisper Heimer, our Fathom Kids director. Thanks for recording with us, Whisper. Thanks for having me. So I know you feel really comfortable and confident being in front of people, but here's the great thing. It's just us today Um, (laughs) and it will be with others later, but like you won't be there in person. This is all just kind of happening, you know, in this conversation. So feels good. Um, I'm excited to hear a little bit more about you. I've known you for a number of years. And so uh, you've been a part of this church for longer than you've been on staff. But I, I really want people to get to know you a little bit, uh, to hear more of your story and to hear more of your heart for ministry. But then also we'll get into some just fun stuff as well. So um, so let me start with this. Will you just kind of tell us um, just a nutshell kind of biographical story? sketch of yourself, where you're from, uh, how you got to where you are now in life. I mean, I don't know, share as much or as little as you would like, but just kind of tell us about Whisper. All right. I am Colorado born and bred, was raised here in Inglewood and Littleton is where I did most of my growing up. My grandparents had moved here years ago and just the family stayed around here. I left Colorado when I was 17 to move to Alaska. And that's where I did most of my growing up. I was there for eight years um, or winters, as they call it, because you can't be a true Alaskan if you're only there for the summer. Alaska. Okay. So tell us where in Alaska. I was in Anchorage. Okay. So like the the civilized part of Alaska. Sort of. um, There's two colleges that are right in the area. And I went to the one that was considered the hippies on the hill. That sounds good. The Alaskan Harvard. So it's kind of take your pick which one you want to be if you want to be high class or low class. So where did you fit? Um, well, you know, I was sitting there just (laughs) trying to learn psychology and get into people's brains. So probably a mixture. A little bit of both. Yeah. You had to be a little hippie to do that. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Um, I moved back here in 2015 and shortly after I came back was, um, hired on as a psychologist or a social worker because I can't use my degree here. (laughs) It's probably not something I should admit. Um, yeah, I became a social worker in a nursing home and I've been doing that for the last five years. But before that, I've done a little bit of everything. I worked in hospice, worked for the colleges, worked with kids, did some nannying stuff. Yeah. So, so really your, most of your life has been in Colorado with the exception of your excursion to Alaska for educational purposes. Right. Um, and then. So, so would you say you're Colorado born and bred, like this is your, 
this is your home unless the Lord just, you know, moves a mountain you want to be here or, or are you kind of like bucking the whole, like everybody's moving to Colorado. And so I want to get out of here kind of thing. Yeah. So I did not expect to ever come back. That was unexpected. Um, My grandma got sick and I decided family is more important than traveling around the world. But it's been a great experience coming back, although I am open to moving, staying, whatever. I came back right when uh, marijuana became super popular. So most people do not believe that I was born here, that I was one of those transplants that just came for the marijuana. Yeah. Bad timing on that one. No, we we judge all of them strictly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Okay. Awesome. Well, uh, so so you came back in 2015. I, I think I remember when you came to Fathom, but will you just kind of share how you came to us? Cause you've, you've been on staff with us six months. You've been, you were interim kids for almost six months before that, but you were with us. You were mem- a member of this church before that. So tell us how you found Fathom. Just kind of run us that story. Cause I think that's always a good, it's always fascinating <laughs> to know like how people find our little church here on main street. So I grew up in a mega church or a, a wannabe mega church in Colorado. And when I, like, I, <laughs> I like that category, a wannabe mega church. It, it's not a mega church still, but you, they still have the proper motivation behind it. Okay, that's good. When I went to Alaska, I discovered that I love smaller churches. Hmm. And when I came back here, I was like, oh, I don't really know where I want to go. I definitely don't want to go back to the church I grew up in. So um, after a few weeks of being back here and not going to church, I woke up one Sunday at like 8.30 and did a Google search and said, church is near my house. And this was the second closest church to me. So I got in my car and, well, I got dressed. I got to my car. We appreciate that. You know. The hippie on the hill thing doesn't fly too much here. Yeah. Um, Actually, I had trouble finding the church at first until I ran into Marcy getting Harper out of the car. And I was like, hey, you look like a friendly face. Help me out. Uh, it, Marcy is my wife. Uh, so the first person that you met at Fathom was the pastor's wife and my daughter. So, um, yes, in the parking lot, which is n- unplanned. Yeah. She was not scheduled well, to greet that day. I did not know that you guys did the <laughs> prayer before church, which, uh, apparently was where all the greeters were at the moment. Yeah. A big oversight on our guest relations at that point. <laughs> well, um, you know, I'm sure you were so expecting me to do my Google search that moment. <laughs> So you just showed up on a Sunday, uh, Google search, which, you know what we hear, I, I would say more than, I, I don't know. Google's been good to us. Like there's a, there are a lot of people who just kind of Google, Hey, I need to find a church. And it's like, do your search in this area. And it, they find us because of that or, or whatever. Um, so, so let me ask this, you walk in to the main street center on your first Sunday and there's this long hallway and you walk into this kind of weird room with a low ceiling and you got a pastor who looks like a youth pastor. Like what are your, be honest, like what's your first thought as you're like, what kind of weird backwoods church did I just walk into? So, um, actually my first impression of this building was totally off because I grew up when this building was actually a big concert hall and we used to have parties here when I was younger, there were no rooms. The (laughs) basement was like this big storage area that was completely off limits to everybody. So when hmm. I walked in, it was like, what happened to this building? I thought I was walking into a big hall where I'd be sitting with a bunch of people. Yeah. So having to walk down the long hall was, I don't know what you would call it, culture shock or something, <laughs> growth yeah. shock. But 
when I got to the end of the hall, uh, a lot of people were saying, hi, Chris wasn't in his nook at that moment, but once I got to the actual I auditorium, I was busy talking with the Lord, you preparing know, my heart, the important stuff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. but when I got into the actual auditorium, everybody was saying hi. And that's my big, um, rule with any church that I visit is that if they don't say hi, then yeesh. you would think it'd be a given that like, you would hope <laughs> just, you would, <laughs> I don't know, maybe, maybe that's asking too much, but Okay. When my mom visited my church in Alaska, she instantly had a new best friend. The lady like walked up, gave her a hug and said, I want to have dinner with you. And just, so I guess kind of getting used to the fact that Hmm. it's okay to walk in and have new best friends. Interesting. Well, we aren't quite that forward, but, but yes, (laughs) I think I'm I'm glad you were well and warmly greeted. So (laughs) that's good. So you were, uh, you were here, uh, for, a while. I mean, I mean, that was, was that three, four, four years ago? I think it was four years ago, honestly. Cause you were here for 2015. A, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was, that was, you, you, we must not have been in this building for too long before you showed up. Mm-mm. Um, and, uh, and then you just started kind of getting plugged in. You became a member, you started serving, talk to us about just your church experience, your church life here. I mean, before, Actually, let me let me back it up and say this. I want to reframe the question. I want to know how somebody who calls a church home merges to making the decision that, hey, maybe I want to come come on staff and actually make this part of my occupation. So I think the best way to start is I've done kids ministry for years um, back when I was in middle schools when I started because I did never feel like I fit in with the middle school crowd. And the children's minister at my church said, well, there's some three-year-olds that need your energy, so come on over. Hmm. And so that's where I spent an awful lot of my youth is I would go one service to church and one service with kids. And then I stopped that and took a eight-year hiatus. And then when I moved to this church, Chris emailed me and said, hey, help <laughs> us out. And I said, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so I was in nursery and toddlers helping out and still being a social worker, doing my own outside of church life thing, thinking I need to use my degree and this is the best way to do it. And my mom called me one day and said, hey, there's some churches that I've heard that are looking for kids people um, to do ministry full time. And I was like, you know, whatever. That's mm. that's funny. Like, um, And it didn't... Um, hit me until a few weeks later that I was like, oh, actually, that'd be really fun. And I actually really enjoy that. And it's really refreshing to me to sit with the kids and to learn from them and to help them learn. Mm. And that was before um, Fathom was in need of a kids minister. And so I just, it had been on my heart. And so I started praying and I was like, well, I mean, I hate to leave Fathom, but if this is what I'm enjoying and this is where God wants me, then maybe it's time to start looking and so I had been doing minimal research because I was still comfortable at my job. And then um, when everything changed at Fathom, I said, well, you know, I'll step up as interim because I was already thinking about it. It was already on my heart. Mm. And so Andrea and I took over and it was wonderful working with her and getting the behind the scenes stuff. And we got to do a lot of organizing, which is like a guilty pleasure of mine. So it was you know, fun being able yeah, to power to the type A power to the type A here, <laughs> you know, it just was really fun to come in and see all the different stuff and get all the creative ideas and mm. 
Um, I had done a little bit of teaching. I had thought that that was where I was supposed to go when I was in high school. So that was what my original degree was going to be in. And so it was really fun getting back into all of that. And then when you said that we needed to have a full-time person, I said, Hey, wait, I'd love to do this. Choose me. Yeah. Well, and that was awesome because, uh, with you and Andrea stepping in, uh, when we were without a, a kids minister and then to have you guys, I mean, really hold things together and not even just hold them together, but let, let things develop and thrive. Uh, man, it was just a sweet thing. And it felt like, it felt like a really natural transition, uh, for you to step in and take the actual, uh, the, the vocational job, you know, not the volunteer job, uh, which was really, it was a sweet thing. Um, let me ask this, like what, um, how has, how has being on staff changed, uh, your not, not opinion or, or view, but like, how has it changed your church experience? Uh, cause, cause it is, it's different when you come as a congregant, it's different when you come as a volunteer than maybe when you become uh, a staff member of a church. So it doesn't always have to be bad. I mean, there's sometimes there's some downsides to it cause it's your work and it's not the same as it was before, but like, tell us about like how that's been for you. I think the number one thing that I tell anybody who asks about my job is that as a social worker, I never, ever felt like I was a part of the team or that people actually wanted me there. I was that person that you had to have to do the extra stuff. And at Fathom, it's like, wow, this is home. I get to go to work. Um, I want to go to work. The people are always super nice. They want to see me Hmm. and they're happy. And so that's been... I think the most amazing part of this transition, um, I don't know that I would say it's really changed anything for me because I was spending an awful lot of time with the kids anyways. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of quiet, so you wouldn't necessarily see me in the surface anyways and be like, oh yeah, that's the person back there. Um, say I was, I would just kind of come to service and then sneak back out so that you were the superstar volunteer beforehand. So, yeah, well, you know, yeah. behind the scenes, though, that's my, yeah. that's my area. <laughs> oh, that's good. Whisper. Well, uh, we're glad to have you in that position and and loving and serving our kids. I know it's been weird. Like if everybody doesn't know, I mean, what we're we're sitting today in, you know, the the it's July 8th. Uh, for the last four months, we haven't had any kids programming uh, because of COVID. And even now that we have started some in-person gatherings, we do not have kids ministry right now. And so Whisper's been doing a lot of work on trying to uh, resource parents to do kids ministry with their children at home. Uh, she's been spending a lot of time uh, trying to put together uh, Zoom calls for kids. She has also kind of stepped in to help just the the, the church at large with uh, our new protocols and in our, uh, in-person services. And so she's just kind of Jack of all trading it right now as we are pivoting through this COVID stuff. But, uh, we are, we were just talking yesterday. We're really excited to what, what kids ministry will look like when we're allowed to do it again. Yes. I can't wait. Hopefully that's sooner than later. We'll see. We are waiting, waiting and waiting. So, uh, okay. Let me, let me pivot and, and ask you this. Just what are you passionate about? Like, I don't know what, like, what's the thing that you dream about? The thing that gets you up in the morning, the thing that you just like, oh man, this just revs me up. Like what you, what do you, what's your passion? Mm. So I love reading music. I do a lot of cooking. Um, 
We do homemade bread at least once a week. Usually mm. in the last six weeks, it's been pizza dough, but you know, any type of bread. Cool. Um, just, I love being able to throw parties for people. So my mom's birthday is next week and we've got some irons in the fire for a 10 person party. Yep. yep. <laughs> a rager. Yeah. The 10 person be. rager. Yep. <laughs> That's great. Uh, so you, you, it's like, you, you like hospitality stuff. Is that, is that safe to say? Like, yes. Yeah. Okay. Being able to welcome people is mm. my favorite. And I love that I've been able to include that with the kids stuff Yeah, because I've had the opportunity to, you know, make them cookies and stuff. And that's good for my health. Good for my family's health. Yeah. Makes the kids happy. <laughs> so baking and serving others that that's something that is, you know, like those are th- what, 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 what's fun, what's restful, like what's, and maybe the same things, but like, I don't know what, how do you play? How do you rest? How do you, you know, when, when you're taking care of you, what does that look like? So often taking care of me is cooking. Um, okay. I, I just really love the ability to come up with new ideas and new trials. Um, so like we made the treacle tart from Harry Potter books a couple weeks ago, just for the fun okay. of it. And of course, some of the ingredients aren't procurable here in America. So we had to create those from scratch. So it was like a big puzzle that you got to put together. Um, but on that note, I do love puzzles and I will either read a book or flip on a TV show I've seen a million times and play a puzzle. Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, do you watch, uh, like if, if you're into cooking and baking, do you watch shows about cooking and baking? Only two. Okay. Tell us about them. I will watch Nailed It. Because, um, I, feel I don't like, know what that is. So I don't watch any of them. Oh my goodness. So that's super close to my heart. Cause it's <laughs> trying to take these professional bakers, things that they've probably spent 20 or 30 hours on and recreate it in two or three hours. Okay. And you know, it looks like a five-year-old did it. And I feel that in my heart cause my stuff always tastes good, but <laughs> how it looks is hit and miss. Okay. Meaning Tower Pisa type stuff. Okay. Um, and then I'll watch the great British baking show just cause they give me ideas for new flavors. You can mix together the, you know, friendly competition. That's like the nicest competition ever. They say thank you to each other and they help each other out. Yeah. I, I wouldn't know. I've heard everybody tell me you need to watch this and I just don't watch cooking shows. So, well, you know, it's nice though. If you need some new ideas to just sit down in front of one and be like, okay. Yeah. I, I can just almost guarantee you that I won't, but I, I appreciate the thought there whisper really. Well, do. <laughs> you know, Caitlin is four. She's my niece. She comes over to my house a lot and she has learned enough from me that when somebody in nailed it, decided to start cooking from the floor, she was like, we don't do that. And I said, look, I'm doing my job already. See, there you go. It's a, it's about training up those, <laughs> those, those kiddos. So that's cool. Um, okay. So this is, I told you this question just to prep you, but, um, this is one of those, like, I feel like we need, need to come up with better, like, revealing deep psychological questions. So I came up with this one. It might fall flat, but let's just try it. What is a smell from your childhood that like brings back a memory to the point where like, if you catch a whiff of that smell today, it just bring like, it'll bring you right back. So tell us the smell and tell us the memory. So I think I've done a lot of thinking about this um, in the last five minutes, but I think I'm going to have to go with, Hot chocolate. My grandma taught us to make hot chocolate from scratch. And so that was her Christmas thing. That was her, you came over for breakfast and popped in, let me go make you some hot chocolate thing. And Mm. it was always from scratch. 
I'm not even certain that they have powdered hot cocoa in their house. Okay. Um, she did pass away a few years ago. And so just the smell of hot cocoa is like, oh, it's Christmas. It's baking. It's grandma coming to give us a big kiss on the cheek. Yeah. That's good. I think there, there are, there are few senses that evoke memory like instantaneously, mm-hmm. like smell does. And especially like a food, some sort of food stuff, right? Whether it's mom's spaghetti or that baked cake or, you know, or, or hot chocolate, apparently. Um, yep. Is it, is the, okay. Hot cocoa or hot chocolate? I mean, does I it matter? Inter- I don't know Interchangeable if for me. Interchangeable. Uh, I'm assuming milk-based, not water. Always. Yeah. So that's good. At least you're not a sinner. So that's, well, you are probably, but that's, probably. yeah, but that's uh, not, not on that point. So I affirm that. I affirm that in you, Whisper. So <laughs> not that you were looking for it. Actually, in my family, the biggest argument is whether or not you drink your hot cocoa plain with marshmallows or with whipped cream. Hmm. So the idea is that the marshmallows will leach out the sugar. And so then you're just drinking like sugar or less water type milk stuff. Hmm. Or you can have it with whipped cream, which just makes it a little extra creamier. Or you can have it the purest way and just have your hot cocoa. And you are a purist. You know, I go both ways. I I don't mind. It's my grandpa and like the rest of the family that gets all out on this argument. Yeah, it sounds like it's it, it could really, you know, go to fists if if <laughs> if things got real, real intense at a holiday. So in some families it's religion. In ours, it's hot yeah. cocoa. Yeah. You know, I could probably go any way. Um, yeah, I could probably go any way. Plain yeah. or with any sort of accoutrement, I think I'd feel okay. So, uh, whisper. Well, thanks. Uh, think we're, we're, we are kind of coming up on our, our time here, running out of time. We're thankful for you. Thankful for you being a part of this church and just who you are, but then also what you're able to do and loving and serving our families, taking care of kiddos, uh, especially in this pivot with COVID. Um, just thankful for you. Thankful that you, um, that the Lord has brought you to us and that the Lord continues to use you here. So um, thankful to be here. Good, good. Well, if you, uh, have not really spent time with whisper, which some of you, if you're a volunteer, you might know her well. Um, uh, but, but most of you, she's, she's back in the kids' rooms, especially when we're doing, uh, when we were doing in-person before all this COVID stuff. But if you're coming to in-person services, you need to say hi to whisper. You need to get to know her, you know, have a conversation with her and thank her for loving and serving kids here. Um, so, so yeah, that's, I commend that to all you fathomites out there. Fathomites, fathomoids, I don't know. It sounds better. We should probably figure that out. But uh, so like I said at the intro next week, we're going to talk with Amanda. She's the last of our meet the staff mini series. And so we will hear about uh, worship leading and Amanda Blem next week. And then we've got lots more things coming up on Fathom Academy podcast, uh, some other stuff uh, that will be brewing over the next couple of weeks. So I just want you to know about that. If if you do subscribe and you have like a favorite podcast app, we should be on there. You can always download the Fathom Church app at fathomchurch.org slash app. App. Um, and yeah, that's where we'll be. So thanks, Whisper. Thanks for your time today. You're welcome. Love you, church. We'll uh, see you next time. Bye.